I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come now to this time of opening up your word, Lord, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord, today we pray that you would write its eternal truth on all our hearts. Lord, we pray that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts willing to obey your word. You call us to conform to you, to your image and your likeness, so that we might be salt and light in the world, reflecting your glory, your holiness, in a world of darkness. So Lord, let us conform to you today. Speak to us. Teach us. So that we might be more like you. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, you can turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Yes, we're continuing on with our study in Deuteronomy. We are looking at the Ten Commandments. And I know we've got a lot of guests today, but uh, we're, we're go down to the Ninth Commandment. And so uh, you, you're, getting it, you're joining in on the last here, on the last of the, the Ten Commandments, but that's all right. Uh, this is a good one. So today we're looking at the ninth commandment, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 20. And if you don't have a Bible, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there, and it's page 141 in the Pew Bible. It's page 141 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, then uh, please take that Pew Bible with you, and that's our gift to you. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word. It can change your life if you just read it. So Take that Bible with you, and that's our gift to you. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 20, simply reads, And you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That's the ninth commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, accusations don't have to be true. People just have to believe them. Right? Accusations don't have to be true. People just have to believe the accusations. They just have to believe what is said. Joe was a hardworking young man, highly trusted by his boss. He came to, to work early and left late, late right? He, he put his heart and soul into his job, and as a result, the company prospered. It excelled, and so Joe's boss Gave him a great big raise, right? He put him into a higher position. He basically made Joe the CEO of his business, of his company. And the only person with more authority than Joe was his boss. And so Joe was successful in business. But Joe was also a very handsome man. And he caught the eye of his boss's wife. His boss's wife liked Joe. And so she started trying to seduce old Joe and tried to, to get him to come with her and do with her things. And so she tried to seduce him, but Joe wouldn't have it. Joe was an upright man, and he was loyal to his boss. 
And so he wouldn't have it. He resisted her advances, but she kept on and she kept on and she kept on. And finally, when she realized Joe was not going to give in to her seduction, she tricked Ojo. And she tricked him into being in a place with her all alone. When Joe found out what was going on, when he realized what was happening, he took off. He left. He got out of there. But that didn't stop the boss's wife. The boss's wife, she just began to slander Joe, to bear false witness. She told her husband that instead of her advancing on Joe, Joe's tried to advance on her and, and accused Joe of trying to, to rape her. And of course, that infuriated Joe's boss. So Joe's boss had Joe arrested and put in prison. Joe's life was ruined. His life was ruined, not because he did anything, but because of a false testimony, a false witness. Of course, a lot of you recognize this story because it's the story of Joseph. Joseph was that man who did everything right, but a false witness, Potiphar's wife, bearing false witness, got Joe into a heap of trouble. It ruined his life. Now, thankfully, God redeemed Joseph's life and got him out of that. But often, that is not the case. Most often, that is not the case. Accusations don't have to be true. People just have to want to believe them to be true. And it can ruin a person's life. As God's people, we are called not to speak lies about our neighbor to ruin them. Rather, we are called to commit to them, to commit for their good. To seek the good for our neighbor, not ill. How are we to commit to our neighbor's good? Well, the ninth commandment tells us one primary way in which we commit to our neighbor's good is to not bear false witness. To not lie, to not spread rumors about our neighbor. And so if we were to look at this ninth commandment and put it in a positive frame, the ninth commandment might be something like this. Commit to love your neighbor, commit to truth. Commit to love your neighbor, commit to truth. Right? We love our neighbor by being truth, truthful with them. And saying true things about them. So that's the focus of this ninth commandment. We have to remember that God is truth. God is truth. His very nature is truth. Therefore, as God's people, we are called to be a people of truth. So let's commit to truth. Now just by way of reminder and to kind of get everybody else who's not been here with us uh, up to speed here. We've been looking at the Ten Commandments, of course, and as we've looked at the Ten Commandments, we remember that the first half of the Ten Commandments have to do with our relationship to God, our relationship with God. And so the first half goes like this, the first one, the first commandment, there's no other gods, have no other gods before me, and this has to do with God's authority. You'll have no other authority over God. He is the supreme authority. Yes, you'll have other authorities in your life, but none will be over God. God is the supreme authority in your life. The second commandment, you shall have no carved images, has to do with God's dignity. 
We're not to make a graven image to represent God. That would belittle God. That would make less of God. That's the whole purpose of that commandment. We're to treat God with dignity and respect. The third commandment, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. This has to do with our commitment to God, to love God and to revere God as holy and not shame his name. The fourth commandment, keep the Sabbath day holy. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy has to do with God's rights and privileges. God's rights and privileges. God has a right to have a day set aside in our week to worship him, to learn about him, to praise him. So we honor that day. And then the second half of the commandments reflect the first half, right? They're kind of in the same, uh, kind of have the same idea, but they deal with our relationship to other people. So the fifth commandment is honor your father and your mother. That is honoring those uh, God-ordained human authorities in life. Six, seven, and eight have to do with human dignity. You shall not Murder, the sixth commandment, has to do with human dignity and life. The seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery, has to do with human dignity and purity, observing human purity, maintaining purity. The eighth commandment, you shall not steal, has to do with human dignity and property. And now today we come to the ninth commandment, which has to do with committing to our neighbor. You shall not bear false witness is that commitment to our neighbor, to love our neighbor, which is a commitment to speak truth about, to and about our neighbor. So that's where, we, where it starts today, right? That's where it starts. We're going to see when we get on over to Deuteronomy 24, 8 through 16, which is the, the part of the Deuteronomic law that corresponds with the ninth commandment. We'll see that it expands beyond that, but here's where it starts. Commit to love your neighbor by committing to truth. And today I want to do just kind of like I did last week. I want to show you, first of all, three prohibitions that this law prohibits, what this commandment prohibits. And then I want to show you after that three requirements, three requirements that the ninth commandment requires of us. So let's, let's get started then. What does it prohibit? What is prohibit, uh, prohibited excuse me, under the ninth commandment? Well, first and foremost is perjury. Perjury is prohibited under the ninth commandment. And that's primarily what the ninth commandment has to, do, to deal with. At its very basic uh, understanding, it has to do with perjury. The word there, bear, bear false witness. That word bear means to give testimony in a legal context. And then witness there means to give evidence. And so the whole idea of this, this commandment and its very basic, uh, and its very, very basic application is in a, a law court, a legal court. Don't bear false testimony against your neighbor. If you, you, you come into a lawsuit or with your neighbor, you, you don't tell a lie about him to get over him, to get something over on him, but you tell the truth. You tell the truth. So it has to do with perjury, bearing false witness in a court proceeding. So 
we have a great example of this in the New Testament. In the New Testament, it gives us a wonderful example of this. Matthew chapter 26, verses 59 through 61. Now the chief priest and the whole council, that is the Sanhedrin, were seeking false testimony against Jesus. Wow. Jesus was a victim of false testimony. They were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death. But they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. There were many willing to do it, but Jewish law demanded that you had two witnesses. You couldn't couldn't condemn someone under the one single witness's testimony. You had to have two witnesses, so they needed two false testimonies. At last, two came forward and said, This man said... I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. Now, that is not at all what Jesus said. See, Jesus said something similar to this, but these two witnesses, they took what Jesus said and they twisted it, right? They turned it, twisted it, they perverted it for their own means, just like the devil When the devil was with Jesus in the the garden and was tempting Jesus, he, he quoted Scripture, but he twisted Scripture. He perverted the truth for his own means. John's Gospel records what actually took place. John chapter 2, verses 18 through 21. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Right? You destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said then, it, was ta- it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. You see, they took the truth, they took what Jesus said, and they twisted it, they perverted it to fit their own narrative. They they twisted it to fit what they wanted to get done. And they perjured Jesus. Perjury can absolutely, positively destroy lives. In Jesus' case, it cost Him His life. Nora Wall was a nun who worked in St. Michael's Children Care Center in Ireland from 1967 to 1990. In 1996, Wall was accused of sexual abuse and rape of two, two women who had been, as children, under her care while she worked there at St. Michael's. The two women claimed they had not come forward before because they had suppressed the memory In June of 1999, after three long years of investigations and public accusations, Wall was convicted and sentenced to life in prison for the crime. The press named her the vile nun, the perverted nun, and the mercy devil. Four days into her life sentence, however, 
her conviction was overturned. One of her accusers had a long history of mental health issues, and the other finally admitted they had made the whole thing up. Yet, the damage to Nora Wall's life had been done. Nora, who had devoted her life to helping others, was ruined. Her life, her reputation were forever stained under false accusations. After her release, one reporter asked Nora what she was going to do with the rest of her life, and she said, well, I suppose to be practical and realistic, People at my age are taking early retirement and being made redundant. And you know, what employer wants a person like me? False accusations ruin lives. False accusation, false testimony ruins lives. Therefore, if you ever found, find yourself testifying in court, Pursue the truth. Tell the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you God. Speak truth. So perjury is obviously prohibited under the ninth commandment. Now, maybe you're saying, well, that, that doesn't really apply to me because I would never perjure. Right? If I'm going to court, if I'm to, tell, you know, to testify in court, I will certainly tell the truth because I'm, I'm scared of, of you know, breaking the law and going to jail myself, being found in contempt and all of that. So, so of course I wouldn't do that. Well, this next application, this next prohibition, pay attention because this would apply to every single one of us. And the second thing that is prohibited under this commandment is slander. Slander. Making false accusations both in public and in private gossiping, spreading rumors, all to hurt people. Gossip. Get the gossip mill going. Gossip, gossiping is a, a major problem, not just in our society, but let's be honest, it's, it's a problem in, in the church. Right Here's what, ha what happens. You get the old gossip hotline going. And one person calls up the other. Hey! You know what I heard about so-and-so? Oh, really? Click. Oh, hey, guess what? So-and-so just told me about so-and-so. Oh, really? And so it goes. The gossip mill just gets the rolling and going and going. It builds up steam. And next thing you know, that's, that's on the, the news, right? That's, that's, that's the truth. Because somebody heard about so-and-so. Oh, gossip is such a, a deadly thing. And so many people, right? So many people think, well, what's the big deal with gossip? I mean, gossip, it doesn't really hurt anybody, right? Gossip doesn't hurt anybody. What's the big deal? Everybody spreads a little rumor every now and again. Everybody takes gossip and, and goes with it. Well, first of all, Scripture absolutely condemns gossip. Scripture absolutely condemns gossip. Not just in the ninth commandment, but let's go to Romans chapter nine, Romans chapter one, verses twenty-eight through thirty-two. Here, Romans characterizes gossip as a, a, a characteristic of a debased mind, deserving death. 
There, Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 32, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. Gossip, slander, is a characteristic of a debased mind. God is a God of truth, not of falsehood. Gossip, slander, is deserving of death. Eternal death. Eternal separation from God. So Scripture condemns, but but who does it hurt? Well, I found these stories in a blog this week. Just hear how gossip ruined a number of students' lives. One girl says, there's, ru- there's a rumor going around my school that I'm pregnant. It's ruined my life. I have no more friends. I have to move now. Another student said, when I was eight years old, my best friend started a rumor that I had AIDS. It followed me for my entire school career. One young man reported, a girl once spread a rumor around school that I sexually assaulted her. The authorities got involved and I missed a lot of school because of it. She later admitted to making the whole thing up. Another says, I was once framed as a child molester from two evil kids who spread the rumor all over my middle school. I was exiled from every group and was looked at like a monster. I did nothing and it ruined my life. I was only 11 years old. One last testimony this student shares. I was diagnosed with cancer in high school. And someone spread a rumor. I was faking it. So when my heart stopped in the lunchroom... People thought I was trying to get attention, and so I almost died. Rumors hurt people. Gossip hurts people. Slander and gossip ruins lives. It ruins lives. We're supposed to be seeking the good of others, not their ruin. And by the way, think about this. If a a person talks to you about another person they'll talk to another person about you don't get involved in gossip don't get involved in the rumor mill don't slander others do not slander your neighbor and get involved in all of that mess the ninth commandment prohibits perjury slander and of course it prohibits dishonesty in general it just it, it prohibits dishonesty in general. Proverbs twelve twenty two says, "Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord." 
lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who act faithfully are his delight. The Lord, our God, is a God of truth. He despises falsehood. His people are to be a people of truth. So always be honest and walk in integrity before the Lord. So we see perjury, slander, and dishonesty are all prohibited under the ninth commandment. What then is required? Because this requires something. It's not just what not to do, but this tells us also what to do. What to do. What does this law require? What does this commandment require? Way number one, it requires you to seek truth. Seek truth. Pursue truth. Seek truth. How do you seek truth? Well, first and foremost, you seek truth by reading God's Word, by studying God's Word. John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus praying for His disciples says, Father, sanctify them in truth. Your Word is truth. God is truth. His Word is truth. God defines all truth. And so if we're to be a people of truth, we certainly should seek truth by seeking God. And we seek God through His Word, His holy, inspired, and inerrant Word. That's why we come here Sunday after Sunday, to seek God in His Word, to seek truth, to seek truth. I'm really excited about what's going on in the church because a lot of you are following along with our daily Bible readings. And that excites me because that, that tells me that there's a lot of people here who are concerned about the truth. You're seeking truth, the truth in God's Word. Seek truth by digging into, studying, reading God's holy, inspired, and inerrant Word. Seek truth by reading truth. Second, you seek truth by pursuing truth in all things. Seek the facts. Seek the facts. What was that? Was it Dragnet, the old show? Looking for the facts. Nothing but the facts, ma'am. Just give me the facts. We need to be seeking truth. We need to be concerned with truth in everything in life. We need to pursue, pursue truth. Several years ago, this was long before Mary Beth and I were only married a few years, and uh, I was doing pest control at the time. But uh, several years ago, a rumor started up about me. I had no idea what was going on about me. But uh, one day, I was at a friend's house, and I went in, and I walked in. And he said, you know what? I heard so-and-so about you. I'm like, really? Well, that's news to me, right? But he heard the rumor, but thankfully, he sought truth. He didn't just join in with the rumor mill and, and perpetuate the rumor. He sought truth. He went to the source. He said, is this true? I'm, no, that's not true. That's absolutely not true. And isn't that how we ought to be? Right? If we hear something about one of our, our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, we, we ought to be able to say, hey, guess what? I heard this about you. Is that true? it's true man i want to help you and help you get out of this and 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 care for you if it's not we need to get this gossip meal we need to shut it down 
We need to seek truth. We go for the truth. We don't allow falsehood to perpetuate. We should seek truth. Furthermore, we should seek justice. God's people should be the first to seek justice in all things. And certainly that is the case here when we're talking about do not bear false witness with the, the context being uh, the bearing false witness in a, a court, a law court, right? We should seek justice. We should seek justice. We should try to, to make sure justice is carried out in our society. Right? We don't lie about our neighbor, but we don't lie for our neighbor either. If our neighbor did the crime, he needs to do the time. And, and so we seek truth and justice. So seek truth. Second, we speak truth. We don't just seek truth, but we speak truth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, rather... Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. We conform to Jesus. We conform to his image by speaking the truth in love. Ephesians 4.25, therefore having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. We are to speak truth. Always speak truth. I remember reading this story back when I was in elementary school. I think it was when, when one of the elementary readers, a lot of y'all remember as well, you, you hear the, the legend of George Washington and his father's cherry tree. As the story goes, young Washington, he got him a new axe. And he was excited to get this new axe, so he went out in the yard, and, and there was his father's favorite cherry tree. And anxious to try out his new axe, he cut down his father's cherry tree. And his father came home, he saw his cherry tree on the ground, and he went to George. George, what happened? Why is my cherry, who chopped down my cherry tree? And George said, Father, I cannot tell a lie. I chopped down your cherry tree. Now, a lot of historians say that wasn't a real story. I don't know if it was or not, but, but we get the point. That's how we ought to be, right? I cannot tell a lie. We should be so concerned with truth. We should be such a people of truth that people would say that about us. He can't tell a lie. If he says it, it's got to be true because he never lies. She never lies. We need to be a people who speak truth. We need to be a people who speak truth. Don't lie. Don't gossip. Don't do any of that stuff. Walk in integrity and speak truth. Think about this. You can never trust a liar. You can never trust a liar. If a liar will lie for you, he will lie to you. You can't trust a liar. Don't be a person that people can't trust. Speak truth. Speak truth. Not only should we seek truth and speak truth, but third, we should share truth. We should certainly share truth. What do I mean by sharing truth? We share the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus says in John 14, 6, Jesus says there, 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I am the truth. We have to share the truth, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, about who Jesus is, about what Jesus has done. And there's two benefits that come out of this. Number one, it reminds us, right? The first benefit is for us as we share the gospel with the lost. The first benefit is to us because it reminds us of who we are to imitate. We are to imitate Jesus. As followers of Jesus Christ, as Christians, right? The word Christian means that we are like Christ. If we are like Christ, then we're to conform to His image. He who is the way, the truth, and the life. We should conform to Him. We should be like Him. So as we share the truth of the Gospel, it reminds us how we are to conform to the truth, Jesus Christ. But it also, of course, benefits the lost because it informs them of the truth of salvation in Jesus. Because, see, here's the thing. The world has a lot of lies out there. There's a lot of ways that the world has that they say are ways of salvation. If you want salvation, then, then do good, more good than, than evil, and, and you'll be saved. If you want to be saved, then, then follow Buddha, and you'll be saved. Just keep the, the whole, all the things of Buddha, and you'll be saved. If you want to be saved, then you just find your path, and you get on that path, and you follow that path. You see, those are lies that the devil has founded in this world to lead people astray. But we have the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through Jesus. He is the truth. Let me tell you, dear friend, if you're here today, maybe you've been following a lie. One of the greatest lies that the devil has perpetuated throughout the world is if you'll just do good enough right if you'll just do more good deeds than bad if you're a good person god certainly won't condemn you that is a lie from hell because you can never be good enough you are a sinner you are a sinner who has rebelled against a holy righteous god and because of your sin you deserve eternal damnation and a devil's hell. The truth is that God loved you. Even in your sin, God loved you. He loved you so much that He sent His Son, His only Son, Jesus Christ, to come and live a life perfectly good on your behalf. And though he was without sin, he went to Calvary's cross and he died for you so that you might have life in him. The truth is, if you trust in Jesus, surrender your life to Christ, you can have eternal life in him. That's the truth. That's the truth.
Trust in Jesus and he will save you. So as Christians, we are to seek the truth. We're to speak the truth. And we are to share the truth. We're to share the truth. The truth about Jesus Christ. We love our neighbor. We are committed to loving our neighbor. Because we're committed to truth. To speak the truth to our neighbor and about our neighbor. We commit to truth. Christian, commit to truth today. Commit to walk in truth and integrity in everything that you do. Conform to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Now understand, I want you to understand, you cannot do that on your own. We can, none of us can do that on our own. If we try to walk in truth on our own power, we will fail. Because the world, right, the world is constantly pulling us away from the truth. The world encourages us to live in deception. To pass along deception. The gossip, the gossip mill is hard to resist. When our friend calls us up and says, guess what I heard about so-and-so. We're, we're drawn in to hear that. And even to share that. We can't do it on our own power. But here again is the good news for we Christians God has given us a helper to help us live in truth. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, Jesus says, he will guide you into all the truth. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. The spirit of God, when you receive Jesus and trust in Christ, the Holy Spirit moves in and he guides you in all truth. He helps you to live in truth. Trust Jesus and depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to help you live in truth. For some of you here today, you've never trusted in the truth, therefore you can't live in truth. You live in deception because you're following the world's lies. You're conforming to the world's deception. Today, you need to trust the truth. You need to trust in Jesus Christ. And as Scripture tells us, if you trust in Jesus, trust in Him, He will save you. He will deliver you. And He will guide you in truth. Conform to truth today by conforming to Jesus, by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you are a God of truth. And when we study your word, Lord, we know your word is truth because you are truth. You never deceive us. You never lead us astray. But if we follow your word, Lord, we follow truth. Father, help us to live in truth, to seek truth, to speak truth, to share truth. Help us to live in truth so we might honor and glorify your name in this world. Teach us to love our neighbor by living in truth. And Lord, 
Certainly there are those today. They're living in the deception of the world. They've never trusted in Jesus. Father, turn their eyes to see Christ. Help them, Lord, today to receive truth. To receive salvation in Him. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.